to church everyone, it's wonderful to see you. If you are in the foyer, come on in, let's start our gathering. If you're online, welcome this morning, it is wonderful to see you. Thank you for joining us this morning. Team, let's take it away, thanks guys. Would you stand to your feet, here we go. Grab the person next to you and say, Are you ready to praise God? Give them a shake. Here we go. I used to worry. I used to worry about the days ahead. Now I'm learning to let go and seek you first in the days to come. I'm choosing to trust you. God, you Thank you, Father God, 
thank You, Father, that every step of our future is in Your hands and far greater and bigger and brighter than we can ever imagine. Thank You, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Have a seat, everyone. Welcome to Activate Church this morning. My name is Pam Wilson, and I get the pleasure of helping lead us this morning. So welcome to Activate. If you are new to Activate, a special big welcome to you. We have information around the place for you. There's bags in the foyers. There's bags in the back of the auditorium just to welcome you. And also... The little green squares on the backs of your seats, who's seen those? And those are called QR codes. So if you're in the building, you can get your phone out. Now, I'm not really sure how that works because I'm not very good with QR codes. But apparently, you put your phone up to it and you put your details in and the wonderful, amazing people at Activate contact you. Isn't that nice? So if you are sitting there thinking, I don't know how to do that. That's really hard. We have some wonderful hosts who wear green t-shirts and they are the wealth of knowledge about everything. So go and find someone in a green t-shirt and say, how do I use that honey little QR code thingy? And they would love to help you. So please, have a go. Have a go. Who um, this morning, also as a part of our, our wider family we have Pastor Sheridan and Pastor Jan sharing on in the Kapiti Coast today. Yay for them at a church that is a part of our wider movement, the Axe Movement. And Pastor Michael and Gillian are sharing in Taumutu this morning. So go well team. Our team are across the country. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Here we love to celebrate your birthday and wedding anniversary. We want to celebrate with you. So raise your hand nice and high. If you're in the building, tell me who's had a birthday in the last week. I'm doing this because the light's bright. Who's had a birthday in the last week? Nice and high. Happy birthday. Host team, run with your chocolates. Little baskets of treats. Oh, we've got a youngin's birthday over there. Happy birthday team. Who's celebrated a wedding anniversary? Who had a bit of a winter wedding back in the day? Anyone with a winter wedding? Who's had a wedding anniversary in the last week? No wedding anniversary. anniversaries. Well, let me pray for you. If you're sitting at home today and that's you, then let me pray a blessing over you guys as well. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for celebrations. We thank you for New Year's. And Father, we thank you that the future of these people is in your hands. Thank you, Father. Pray your blessing and protection over them in their year ahead. Thank you, mighty God. Amen. Amen. Let's turn our eyes to the screen because we have some wonderful guest speakers on our video news today. Hey everybody, welcome to Activate Church. We've got some great things coming. Hey everybody, welcome to Activate Church. We've got some great things coming up next week. 
We've got a great weekend coming up. This weekend, it's Pentecost Sunday. God spoke to me really clearly about Pentecost and said we've got to go back to Pentecost in order to go forward into our future. So we have a great Sunday planned. I would encourage you to bring your family, your friends, your neighbours, your cat, your dog. Not the cat. You're allergic. True, true. We've got baptisms and if you've not been baptised, this is the perfect opportunity. The Bible commands us to be baptised. So if you've not been, why not this coming Sunday? In the Bible, Pentecost was a time where the Christians were hanging out together. They were sharing a meal together and that's something that we're going to do on Pentecost Sunday. So if you're coming to the 9am, we'd love you to come a little bit early and we'll share some light breakfast together. If you're coming to the 10.30 or the 6, we'll share a light meal together afterwards. So don't forget, if you need to be baptised or you know somebody that needs to be baptised, there'll be an opportunity next weekend. So grab one of these brochures or go to the website, make the most of the opportunity. That's all we've got for today. So we declare God's blessing over you. I pray that today you would encounter something of his presence and there would be a fresh revelation of his love for you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sheridan and Jan. So some little notes in your diary. Make sure you pop next weekend in. If you're an 8.15 early breakfast person, make sure you pop that in to come before the 9am. Otherwise, stay for some lunch after the 1030 the six for a, a light snack. It'd be wonderful to, to just spend that time together, won't it? So I get the pleasure of inviting Lana Carter up this morning to share communion with us. So thank you, Lana. Come on up. Thanks, Pam. I wasn't quite ready for that. I was just putting that in that lunch in my diary. I'm like, I don't want to miss it. <laughs> Uh, thanks, host team, for your help in um, handing out the emblems. And if, um, when you get your juice and bread, if you can hold on to it, thank you. Um, and we'll take it together towards the end. So, sometimes um, when you cover a topic like communion, that gets covered often. I sometimes feel like, oh yeah, this again. Um, you know, we can refer to the same verses and uh, talk about the same message. But I was reminded this week that God is a never-ending God and that for the rest of our lives we can study Him and worship Him and praise Him and we will literally never get to the end of who He is. Um, we'd never get to the end of who He is as God as our Father and who He is for us as an individual. So I will be repeating verses that we've all heard over and over, but can I encourage us all to really sit with what God wants to bring of Himself to you today in this moment. So the same passage that I keep coming back to over and over and over for communion is Luke 22 when Jesus took communion with his disciples on the night that he was um, arrested and he says do this in remembrance of me so that line do this in remembrance of me is the line that I keep coming back to every time I've been asked to do communion over the years 
It's the same line that I keep coming back to over and over. Do this in remembrance of me. And so today I come back to that same line. And I want us to remember Jesus in each circumstance of of our life, how it is right now, where his light needs to be shone. So when we think of who Jesus is, The Bible gives us many representations of his character and his power. So there's his righteous anger as he overturns the tables in the temple when the merchants were using um, his father's house as a marketplace. There's the willingness to stop on his way to a dying girl's house when he felt the power leave him when that woman touched the edge of his cloak out of desperation for her healing. There's his compassion for Zacchaeus, the tax collector watching Jesus from the tree, when Zacchaeus would have been the most rejected, unloved, unlikable person in society. No friends. Healer, the multitudes of people that we read of in the Bible that were healed. Uh, And the Bible also states that there were multitudes more that weren't even recorded, that the world couldn't even hold the accounts of Jesus' miracles. He's the giver of freedom. We read about people who were set free from demonic spirits, and we don't often see this now in practice, and there's not often a, a drove of pigs handy to take the fall, but there is subtle ways that we are held in bondage that Jesus can be that giver of freedom to. So as we hold the bread and Jesus asks, do this in remembrance of me, what is it about Jesus today that you need to remember him by? Is he your source of hope? Is he your source of love, of truth? Is he patience for you today? Is he kindness? Is it you needing to receive kindness for yourself? Is it you needing to give kindness to somebody around you that's really bothered you? And I tell you what, I've, I've had a situation this week, it's through work, and you know it's really easy to show Jesus' love when somebody is open and honest and vulnerable and says, I can't do this, I need help. And it's so easy to come and say, I will be Jesus to you. But when that person's acting kind of mean and rude and angry and aggressive, it's really hard to show Jesus' kindness and goodness to that person. And that's been my struggle this week, is offering that despite how I've been treated. Is he justice and righteousness in a moment of injustice? Or is he all of these things? Sometimes we need Jesus to come and be all of those things to us in in our moment. So ask Jesus who he is for you today. As you hold the bread and you take the bread, ask him who he is for you today.
And Jesus says in Luke 22 verses 20, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice to you. So before we take the juice, let's choose gratefulness and thankfulness for all he has already done for us to blow away the cobwebs that are dulling us down. And as I was thinking about this message this morning, I had a picture of a leaf blower. And sometimes in life we have just those little dead leaves that are surrounding us, almost keeping us boxed in. And I had a picture that you have a leaf blower. And I know when someone out the front asks us to come together, let's lift our voices in praise and thankfulness, especially if you're a bit shy or a bit of an introvert, it's hard. And you don't want the person next to you to hear you. You don't know what to say. Um, can be a bit embarrassing. But I had this picture of a leaf blower. And if we mime a leaf blower, nothing's going to happen. But we turn the leaf blower on. It makes a lot of noise. The leaves start getting blown away. So we're going to take a moment together as we hold our juice. And just take a moment to position ourselves in that place of praise and thanksgiving. And so let's raise our voices together and to start to thank Jesus for who he is, for who he is to us, for what he's already done. Sometimes we need to remember the power that he he is. So let's do this now. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's raise our voices. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. I thank you, Jesus, that you are our saviour, you are our healer, that you are the source of power when we feel powerless. I thank you, Jesus, that you love us so much that you will perform perform surgery on our character to, to pull us higher and to make us greater and to be more like you. I thank you, Jesus, that you scrape us up off the ground when we feel so low. I thank you, Jesus, that you are a source of hope and a source of power in every situation, that you'll never let us down. I thank you, Jesus, for your love that is so perfect over us. And Holy Spirit, I ask now that you would rest on us like a blanket, making us feel so accepted and so loved and so full of your power that you will bring us up, that as we declare our praise and our love and our appreciation for you and your grace and your perfect love, that you would blow those leaves away and that you would give us the space that as we enter into this time of worship with you, Lord, that we would have this space to meet you face to face. So as we hold this cup of juice, Ask Jesus, what is it the circumstance that he is coming into with his power, with his love, with his truth, with justice, whatever it is that he said that he is for you today, what is the situation that he's coming into? So let's take this juice together and allow Jesus to move in this moment. in this place here this morning, Lord. Remembrance of who you are, Lord, and who you, what you have done in our lives, Lord. I thank you that you're a good, good Father. Jesus, we thank you for the cross, and we thank you that you take us 
uh, where we are, Lord, and you bring us to where you are. You don't promise that that will be an easy journey, Lord, but you do promise you'll be with us, that you'll never leave us, you'll walk with us. We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Remembering Jesus. Lord, I see your, your presence on this place, Lord. We know where your presence is, there's healing. We remember all that you've done, Lord. I see faces of children smiling, you smiling on your church. I see healing, the dead being brought back to life. So as we stand to our feet, Lord, we continue to worship you in this place this morning, Lord. We fix our eyes on you, Lord. As an act of worship this morning, I want to invite you not to look to your left or your right, but something as small as reaching a hand out. Lord, I submit to you. I, I acknowledge your presence in this place, Lord. We pressed into your presence, Lord. Jesus. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Author and finisher of our faith. He's God's only Son Who for the joy Set before Him Endured the cross Scorning its shame Thank you, Jesus He did it all for us
church cries out as people cry holy holy is the Lord we declare in this place this morning Lord this people cry
Let's sing, You Give Life. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken.
It's your breath. Come on, church, let's rise up. So we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I was uh, talking to a, a gentleman at the 9 a.m. gathering, and he was so hungry for God to show up in his situations. He's had some rough stuff going on in his life, and I wonder how hungry are we for God to show up in our situations? And I was reminded uh, just then during worship, God reminded me of a verse from 2 Chronicles 29.11. And it says there that we are chosen to stand in God's presence. That is amazing. I don't know about you, but I believe that when I enter into God's presence, things can change. God can change lives. God can change situations. So I want to encourage you that this morning God is here and He has chosen every single person in here to stand in His presence. I want us to sing this again. As we sing, Great Are You, Lord. Come on, what what situation are you going to sing Great Are You, Lord, over? This man, he has three daughters who needs to come to Christ. And he's constantly seeking God after it. Come on, what are you going to seek God after? Going, God, great are you, Lord. You're great. You're greater than this situation. So let's sing that again. I believe that God wants to move powerfully. Come on. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath. It's your breath in our lives.
we declare the impossible to happen to take place right now in Jesus name I pray that this morning there is a moment with you God for every single person in this place I pray that you can open our ears you can keep us in tune with what you're wanting to do in our lives this morning We desire an experience with you, God. We desire an experience with you, God, on behalf of our families, our friends, our work colleagues. We thank you, Jesus, that you desire to move in our lives. So God, do what only you can do this morning. We pray that lives are transformed, that people hear your voice, people experience your presence in a brand new, fresh, tangible way. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, come on. Why don't we give the band a hand? That was amazing. Why don't we give God a hand as well? God's going to do amazing things. He already is. We love you, Jesus. I don't know about you, but every time Stacey's on the band, I feel really bad about my dancing. You are the man, Stacey. That guy can move. Why don't you grab your seat? I'm excited to be sharing with you this morning. Hey, who, um, who heard about baptisms on the Activate News? Baptisms are coming up, which is incredible and it's exciting. And I encourage you, if you haven't been baptised, why don't you take up this opportunity? I mean, my message later might help you with that a little bit. But I encourage you, if you haven't been baptised, it's such an important part of our journey with God and so... If you haven't been baptised, go see the team in the green shirts, the host team, contact the office, go to the hub. We would love to see you baptised. Such a crucial part of our journey with God. And uh, today I'm going to be sharing from Luke 9.57. And I'm really excited about it. How many of us have um, maybe been doing something, especially the lads in here, and uh, your mum or your wife, Maybe you are the mum or the wife has come in and said, hey, can you do the dishes, please? Or can you vacuum, please? And you go, sure thing, I'll do it. And then you wait 20 minutes and you go to do the dishes and the dishes are done. Anyone else been there? Surely not just me. Guys, you're allowed to use your voices a bit. Uh, And what about vacuuming? Hey, can you do the vacuuming, please? Sure thing, you go up. 20 minutes and suddenly you hear, Vroom. they're already doing it. Surely I'm not the only person who's been there. Like, only Owen. I'm sorry, Linda. I'm so sorry. I've been there too many times. And uh, in this passage, I, I actually, every time I think of that, I reckon it's just an excuse to tell us off. But anyway... Luke 9, 57, we're going to read about three guys who get asked to do something, and they say yes. 
but they didn't actually get the opportunity to do it, just like us men. And so Luke 9.57 says this, As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. He said to another person, come follow me. The man replied, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who looks Oh, sorry, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Um, in many of your Bibles, that title of that passage would be called The Cost of Following Jesus. And who believes that there is a cost of following Jesus? Surely not just me. I, I've been in many church gatherings or I've seen a lot of YouTube videos of preachers who like to preach the gospel like this. If you follow Jesus, you're going to get everything served to you on a platter. Anybody else heard a message like that? If, you're, if you go and follow Jesus, you will be healthy, wealthy, and wise. If you follow Jesus, everything that's going bad in your life is going to be amazing. I've heard it a few times, but can I tell you that that's not the gospel? You guys are so silent today. Come on, just loosen up a bit. That's not the gospel. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you've got to take up your cross daily. Uh, I don't like to preach the gospel like this simply because Jesus doesn't preach it like this. Jesus never preached the gospel like saying, hey, come follow me and you'll get everything you need. In fact, we're going to read a little bit more into that later. But can I encourage you, if you follow Jesus... He's going to be next to you, walking with you every moment of your life. And that is amazing. So we see in the first part of the story, there are three people and they come to Jesus. And the first one says this. He says, I will follow you wherever you go. I will follow you wherever you go. How many people think that's a good offer? I mean, if I was Jesus and someone came up to me and said, no, I will follow you wherever you go, I would be stoked. I'd be so happy. And so I wondered, why did Jesus reply to this man like he did? He said this. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to even lay his head. And so something we have to understand is, in this day, if you're a rabbi, you're responsible for your students. And so... If you're a student, it would be really intelligent for you to look for the best package deal rather than the best teacher. You know, okay, awesome, what clothes can you give me? They, the rabbis had to provide their clothes, their money, their house, their living. It was on the rabbi, their responsibility. And so this guy comes up to Jesus and says, 
I will follow you wherever you go. And as I was looking into it going, okay, well, God, why was your response like this? I felt God saying there was a bit of a add-on to his question, to his thought. I will follow you wherever you go, but what are you willing to do for me? I will follow you wherever you go, but what package deal do I get with it, Jesus? I wonder how many of us in our life has said, God, I will follow you, but can you just do this for me and then I'll do it? Anybody else? I've been there. And so this man was trying to negotiate with Jesus. But can I encourage you? Encourage might not be the right word. Jesus will not negotiate with you. Jesus will not negotiate with me. God doesn't deal with us. He doesn't go, hey, Jay, can you go and do that and then I'll do this for you. That's not how God works. And so the first thing I want to talk about is when we are called by Jesus, he is calling us to follow him without negotiating. Everybody say no negotiation. So we've got to get into our head. When God calls us, because he's calling all of us today, that's amazing. He's chosen us to stand in his presence and called us. He is looking for people that will say, yes, I will follow you without negotiation. Jesus says, if any man wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and then he can follow me. Not, hey, God, I will follow you, but first do this for me, and then we're sweet. Let's go for it. Steve McCracken asked this challenging question in one of his blogs, and he said this, With God, are you an obedient follower or an arguing negotiator? Hits me in the spot, man. With God, are you an obedient follower or an arguing negotiator? And this is going to bring me to my next point, which is no procrastination. Everybody say no procrastination. So in verse 59, we see the second story here. And it says this. He said to another person, come and follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. I was raised in the church, so I've heard this story quite a few times. And I always thought that God was being really unreasonable here. I mean, this guy's dad has died. And Jesus says, follow me. And so he goes, yes. He doesn't say no. He says, yes, I will follow you. But first, just let me bury my dad. And then Jesus responds with that. And I was always like, God, what's your problem here? Well, why are you being so unreasonable? If you try and wrestle with God, he wins. And so I was asking God, what are you saying here? And the amazing thing about Scripture is that if we don't understand something, we can go straight to the author. And so I said, I don't understand God. 
What are you saying here? Why are you being so unreasonable? And I felt Holy Spirit answer with another question. And I heard this. I heard, what makes you think that his father was dead? And so I looked into it a bit. And I will bet you that this man was the oldest son in his family. I will bet you that this man was going to receive a very wealthy inheritance when his father passed away. And he was saying, yes, I will follow you, God, but just wait for me to get my inheritance so I can live a more comfortable life when I follow you. Because the first guy was looking for the package deal and found out that Jesus doesn't have that. So the second guy is like, well, let me wait for the package deal and then I will follow you. And so God wants to say, when I ask you to follow me, don't procrastinate. Did you know that two of the most dangerous words in Christianity is but first? God, I will follow you, but first let me wait to get my inheritance. God, I will follow you, but first let me wait till the kids are out of the house and I can then start following you. God, I will follow you, but first, just wait for me to get my degree and get a job. God, I will follow you, but first, wait till I'm finished school. I don't know what it could look like in your life, but is there a but first? Is there something that is making you procrastinate stepping into the fullness of which God has for your life? I believe that the enemy knows that people will say yes to Jesus, which is amazing. That's what it's all about. Purposed. That's the greatest purpose in our lives, for people saying yes to Jesus. And I believe that the enemy knows that people will say yes to Jesus. But if he can get Christians saying, but first, he's won. He's won that little battle there. Because if we're saying, but first, we're not going to step into the fullness which God has for us. If we say, but first, we're not going to step into the purposes which God has for our lives. And so I wonder, if is there a but first in your life today? The enemy knows that tomorrow is not guaranteed. And so if he can get us saying, but first... He knows that's good for him. Reinhard Bonnke is an amazing man. And uh, he passed away a few years ago and led an organization which uh, has seen 100 million people give their lives to Jesus. Amazing. And when he first got the dream of seeing Africa saved, he, uh, he started to come up with all the different excuses of why he can't do it. God, uh, I want to say yes, but first I need some money. God, I know that I want to say yes to this, but first can I just let my family grow up a little bit? And the next night he had a dream and he was in the throne room with God and God said this to him. He said, Reinhardt, if you drop this dream, I'll drop you. That is challenging. In other words, he said, hey, look, Reinhardt, if you drop this, I'm going to find someone else to do it. 
don't say but first. I can, I can tell you that Reinhard straight away was like, okay. And he packed his bags and went straight to Africa. And he's seen 100 million people saved in his lifetime, which is amazing. And so this man, he says, yes, I will follow you, but first let me bury my father. He didn't know that Jesus would three years later die on a cross. He didn't know that three years later, Jesus wouldn't show up in that town again because he passed away on a cross. But thank Jesus, he raised from the dead. The opportunity of a lifetime for this man, it must have been seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. It had to be. But the opportunity passed. He didn't know that Jesus was not going to pass that way again. And I believe that there are people going to a lost eternity without God, not because they're not saying yes to Jesus, but because they're simply saying but first and procrastinating. How many people have said, yes, Jesus, I will follow you, but first, let me do this. We'll get to that part of my life a little bit later. Ooh, it's quiet. I've been there. He thought there was a better time, but there would have never been a better time. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to follow Jesus. Today is the day to say, Yes, I'm going to follow you, God. No but first, I'm going to follow you. Today is the day to follow him without negotiating, without procrastinating. And my third point, no hesitation. No negotiation, no procrastination, and no hesitation. Verse 61 says this. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my enemy. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. This morning, I want to ask everyone in here, including myself, a question. Some people in here may have felt Jesus calling you as a kid or even as a teenager, as an adult, whenever it was. Maybe your whole life you have had an excuse of why not to follow God. Maybe there's always been a but first. As Jesus calls you this morning, I want to ask you this question. What is it that you're looking back at? What is it that has our attention? What is it that's keeping you from following Jesus with all your heart and, in fact, all of our life? What's the biggest hesitation to follow the purpose of God? Do you know that God loves every person so, 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 so much? Come on, surely there's some response to that one. He loves everybody so much, and He has amazing plans for every person. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible is Psalms 2 verse 8. And it says, only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. The whole earth is your possession. 
If you look at that in context, what it's saying is God has a big plan for your life. God is saying, only ask and I will give you the nations. Only ask and I've got something for you to walk into. I've got an amazing purpose for your life. But my question is, what's holding you back from stepping into that today? Because he's got the best life plan for you. He's got the best life plan for me. He's got the best life planned. But is there something that might be holding us back today from stepping into that? There is nothing worth, worth missing the call of God in our lives. Come on. Nothing worth missing. I, in my life, I, up until the age of 16, I wanted to be a crusader in all black. It was my dream. Crusaders is 100% better than the Chiefs, okay? I feel the anointing. Denied. And so I wanted to be a crusader in all black. It was my dream and I was pursuing it and I started to get a lot of knee injuries and had to have a couple of surgeries and so on and... I became really unmotivated towards that dream because every time I stepped on the field, something just went wrong. And so I was feeling a bit down, to be honest, from it. And I heard Holy Spirit say to me in that moment, I heard him say, I haven't called you for that, son. And I knew from that day that God was calling me to ministry. And man alive, I'm 20 years old. The world's my oyster. I don't even know what half of it looks like. <laughs> I'm just saying yes to God and walking walk that path and seeing what happens on the journey with him. And that's something that Keita and I try to do. It's something that we've learned from my parents is they always said, hey, God, the answer is yes, just make the question clear. <laughs> and so that's something that Keita and I have inherited. And sometimes we get home and we go, oh my gosh, we don't want to do this anymore. This is hard. This is tough. Some days we go, man, it would have been pretty cool if I was a crusader in all black. <laughs> we were watching the crusaders the other day and I was like talking to her for like, a while, like quite a while, probably annoying Keita, just going, could have been me on the field. But I wouldn't be here today. And I've pursued the call of God. And sometimes I might go, yeah, it's not what I wanted it to look like back when I was 16. But I know it's what God wants it to look like. And so I wonder, what is God calling you to? What's the purposes that God has for your life? But is there a but first? And I mean... We mess it up sometimes. Some days we go, hey God, we're finding it really hard. Can you just do this for us? And we try to negotiate with him. But God doesn't negotiate. God's looking for people that will say, yes, I will follow you with no procrastination, no hesitation and no negotiation. When I was preparing this sermon, I felt God say, to say that someone needed to hear this and I was 
encouraged by 1 Samuel 16 and we read about David. King David is how we know him. And before David was a giant killer, before he was a king, he looked after his sheep. He killed bears and he killed lions. And God was growing and developing him. Scholars say that between the moment he was anointed and became king, it was 15 to 20 years. And so that's a big portion of your life, 20 years. I'm only 20 now. (laughs) Wow. And so I wonder if there's some people in here this morning and you go, and you know what, I think I do know what God might be calling me to, but I'm just getting quite impatient. It's not happening. I've seen a vision. I've, God showed me what he wants me to do, but it's not taking place. You're not even saying, but first you're pursuing it, but it's still not happening. It took 20 years to develop David between anointed and king. Can I encourage you that if you're getting a little impatient, that's okay. It took David 20 years to become king. Just allow God to develop you and grow you. We live in a real instant world though, don't we, eh? We want everything instantly. I mean, I can grab my phone and I can take a picture right now, edit a little bit, do a little bit of a caption and I can post it on Instagram in 20 seconds. And 30 years ago, You had to take it into a shop and wait three days and they had to prepare each little part of the picture. And then you get it. Sometimes the picture wasn't even clear. That's what I've heard. It wasn't even born. (laughs) I wonder if some people in here, our lives might look like that. We've got a little bit of a picture. Might be a bit unclear but it's taking a little while. We're getting frustrated because we're having to wait three days for it when now we can just do it in 20 seconds. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is simply just wanting to say, it's okay, come on. It took David 20 years to become king. Bill Johnson says this quote, which is just challenging, so put your seatbelts on. If you feel your job is to give directions to God for what He is supposed to do, you will be frustrated for your entire Christian life. If you feel your job is to take directions from Him, you will delight in His goodness for the rest of your life. The problem is if you're frustrated with God, it's probably because you're making demands upon Him that He's probably not cooperating with. There is a difference between hunger and humility. There are people who are so hungry for the things of God, who is like, I want to step into my destiny. I'm so hungry for it. But God requires something else, and that's humility. The difference between the two is when you're humble, you say, let's do it your way, God. 
I know plenty of hungry people who want to rush into the things of God, but they try to twist things as they go to make it as comfortable for them. I've been there. And God is looking for followers, not just believers. He's looking for followers who are saying, God, I will follow you without any negotiation, without any procrastination and without any hesitation. And yes, sometimes we might stuff it up, but that's okay, let's get straight back up and go again. We serve a pretty loving, forgiving God. He's not going to be like, what are you doing? He's going to be like, let's go. Let's go again. Come on. God loves us so much and has an amazing destiny for every person in this place. Some people are walking in that and that is amazing. We're cheering you on. God's cheering you on. But there's some people here who haven't yet started walking in the call of God for your life. Maybe you know what it is, but maybe you're just saying, but first. Maybe you know what it is, but you're just going, let me do this first. Or you know what it is and you're saying, God, let's just make up a bit of a deal here. I'll do this for you if you do this for me. I don't know what it could look like for you. But I pray that today, every person leaves this place going, God, I'm going to follow you your way. God, I'm going to follow you simply just because I love you. Because he loved us first. He loved us first. That's amazing. I want to give a couple of opportunities for some people today. First of all, I want to give opportunity for anyone who has never said yes to following Jesus. Or maybe you have, but you've walked away and you're saying, come on, God, I want to say yes to you today. That's where it all starts. That is the most important decision that we could ever make in our lives. And the second thing that I want to give people an opportunity for is simply just to, not for my sake, but to simply recognize today, God, I'm going to follow you without any but firsts, without any negotiation, without any, let me just go do this first. But I'm just going to follow you because I know that you've got the best plan for my life. I just want everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes just to give privacy for the people beside them. This is a moment between you and God. First response for saying yes to Jesus for the first time. Man, it's the most amazing thing you could ever do. I'm not going to preach the gospel like some other people do, like I said at the start, and say that everything's going to become all right. But I can tell you that when you say yes to God, He's going to be with you every single day, every single moment, walking with you side by side. King of kings, Lord of lords, wants to know you, wants to be in relationship with you. 
He loved you so much that he died on a cross for you and rose from the dead so that you can spend eternity with him and here on earth. So I just want to give those people an opportunity. If you're here tonight, sorry, today, and you're saying, God, I want to follow you this lifetime and for eternity. I want to make a decision to follow you. Can I just get you to raise your hand? It's nothing magical in raising your hand. I just want to celebrate with you. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Bless you, bro. I see your hand. Is there anybody else? Don't miss this opportunity. Don't say but first. Be bold. Is there anybody else who needs to follow Jesus today? I've seen one hand. I see your hand. That's awesome. Is there anybody else? I'll wait a little while. Your eternity matters to me so much. He loves you so much. Is there anybody else in here who needs to make that decision? That's awesome. I've seen two hands this morning to say yes to Jesus. For the second response of saying, God, I'm going to follow you every day without any negotiation, any procrastination, and any hesitation. I want to have a response for that. And I I believe that as you respond to that call today, that something's actually going to take place, that you're going to have an encounter, that God's going to shift something in your world. We're in the topic of going back to Pentecost to be launched forward into our future. So I don't know about you, but I want to have an experience with God because that's what changes lives. And so if you're here and you're saying, God, I'm going to follow you without any negotiation, with no procrastination and no hesitation, I want you to stand to your feet and I want to pray for you. I'm standing with you. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for every person who has responded this morning saying yes to following you. With no negotiation, no procrastination and no hesitation. And God, I pray for strength right now. In Jesus' name, that we can walk this journey with you strong side by side with you and that if we stuff it up it's okay we're going to pick ourselves up again and we're going to run the journey with you
God, I thank you that you love every single person in this place so much. Every single person watching online. And I just pray that there's an experience right now for each person who's responded in Jesus' name. Doesn't matter how young or how old, we're saying yes to you. Saying yes to following you. Yes to walking in the purpose you have for our lives. I even pray right now that people who don't know what you're calling them to do would have revelation of destiny right now in Jesus' name. I thank you that you've called every person for something big. That you've called every person for the nations. Psalms 2 verse 8. And it may look different for each person, but you need them to do that. And so God, I thank you for that, for every gift in this place, every talent in this place, every life in this place that is saying yes to you, God. I pray that you stir our spirits right now. (laughs) Stir it up. I pray that our testimony all around here, all around our friends, all around our family would be, you would not believe what I just got to be a part of with God. And we see amazing things with you, God. That our testimony in heaven would be, God, I followed you every day to the best of my ability. I didn't negotiate. I didn't procrastinate. I didn't hesitate. I did it to the best of my ability. And that you'll welcome us saying, good and faithful servant. And so I declare blessing over each person in this place. I declare God's favour upon every person in this place. Pray for amazing God encounters, not just at church, but every day. Let me thank you, God, that you're wanting to move in everyone's life. And we're excited to see what you want to do. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. It's like one of those moments that you don't want to stop. You just want to stay in His presence. I want us to put our hands together for the two people who gave their lives to Jesus. That is the best decision that you can ever make in your life. Thank you, Jesus. So amazing. If that was you and you gave your life to God, you said, I'm following you for the first or second time. I encourage you, go to the team at the back and they've got some packs that they'd love to give you. We want to help you on your journey with God. We want to do it with you. And so we pray for those people. We thank you for them. And God, we pray that even right now, (laughs) in their first moments of being in relationship with you, you reveal destiny to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you. Thanks, Jay.
Thank you. What a really encouraging message. And you know what? I couldn't think of a better way to try and spend my week by doing my very best to live out the purposes that I think God's called me into. So, um, you know, through the ups and downs, that's what I want to be doing. So I really encourage you this week. um, If you um, want someone to stand with you in prayer, please come forward. we know it's, can't, it's not always easy, but God promises to never leave us. So uh, let's stand together. Let's be purposed in our week going forward. Um, thank you uh, for those who are purposed in their giving. That's a part of, of who we are called to be, isn't it? God calls us to be faithful with everything he has given us. So thank you to those who give faithfully into our church. Um, have a wonderful week. Tonight we have Pastor Steve sharing with us. So come be a part of that. Remember those notes in your diary for um, Brecky for those early risers um, next Sunday. Lunch, dinner, here with us. Um, If you haven't been water baptised, again, be purposeful and, and do what God's calling you into doing. So thank you, everyone. It's wonderful to be with you today. Let's go out with a song because you all look fabulous up there. So um, let's sing together. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Why don't you stand to your feet, church? Here we go. Let's get a bit of a sway going. Sway. That's loosening up. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence, your peace, your joy. I used to worry about the days ahead. Now I'm learning to let go and seek you first in the days to come. Choosing to trust.